episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ryan. Great to talk to you tonight. Yeah, great to talk. It is It is night. This is a little bit later than we normally record. So this, uh, I imagine, we'll get, this will get a little weird, right? That's, that, right. That, that's because, right. Because yeah. we're talking about anti-Oedipus, that's, that's why. And uh, this is a, fulfilling a... Long-term request for us to talk about Deleuze, and not From only multiple people, probably mul- fifteen people, I would say. And those fifteen people are, of course, a multitude. So it's probably seven thousand people have told us how to do the to do this. Uh, so this, uh, we're not just doing Deleuze uh, one time. We are doing uh, we're, we're doing a, a Deleuze triple, and um, we are starting um, a little bit. We're starting. We're kind of Godfather toing this. I think That's was right. was how, how we did this over over emails. We're starting with the what is generally considered the middle period of uh, of Deleuze, um, where he teams up with Guattari for two landmark books. The first in 1972, Anti Oedipus, um, subtitled Capitalism and Schizophrenia, and the second book, 1980, A Thousand Plateaus, also subtitled Capitalism and Schizophrenia. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, bo- these two huge works, and uh, the way we're going to work. Uh, through this is I should a, say, can I add yeah. one thing Ryan? Oh, yeah that, please that, go ahead yeah. so in Fran- in French they were capitalism schizophrenia one capitalism and schizophrenia two and anti-oedipus and a thousand plateaus were the subtitles so it's a oh, little interesting, interesting. Yeah, when they published in English they reversed the title and subtitle that's interesting you were asked yeah. to do that for your Hegel book not not, not the one that the like two books ago, right? The yeah, that's right, that's right. And they, they and I they did I did do no. that. I reversed this title and subtitle, so that's well, interesting. If, yeah. if you get a French, if you get a French edition, you should. I you can should put flip it back. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Right. We're so, also going to discuss yeah. a little bit the oh, Kafka yeah. book, which they wrote together, and then this book they wrote very, very briefly. We'll talk about this book they wrote at the end of their lives called "What Is Philosophy," which is mm. their. So they basically have four books. That they wrote together, and the ideas, I think, the reason why you can talk about them all together is they basically, there's, the ideas are consonant in mm-hmm. all those books. Mm-hmm. And this is, you think, actually, more consonant than people are willing to uh, to admit. There, there's a, a commonplace that there is Deleuze before Guattari and there is Deleuze after Guattari, but you, your hot take is you think it's the, it, he's the same guy. I think he's the same. So I think you could, I think if you know say, anti-Oedipus, you basically can read out from that and you kind of know all of Deleuze, which I think, as you said, I don't think a lot of people agree with that. For sure, our friends like Alenka Zupancic and Joan Kopchak do not agree with that at all. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that, I mean, they see a real break. between, And even Slavoj, I think, they see a real break between the Deleuze of difference in repetition and logic of sense and then the Deleuze of anti-Oedipus with Guattari. Mm. Well, we will get into that and see if that. So I, I think this is, is a nice way to establish, you know, how we're going to work through this, um, because we're, you know, we're beginning with, I think, his his more famous period. I mean, this is I, I, I think this is the period that like Michel Foucault was sure would like dominate the next uh, century. Right. Like that. That was his right. claim. So the so 21st century will be called Delizian, Right. Yeah, that's right. That's the line. Yeah. So I I think I think it makes sense to start here. And then we're going to go back and do a little uh, coldness and cruelty and and uh, and and of course, difference in repetition and um, and logic of sense in the second episode. And then the third episode, maybe we talk about cinema, but I think it might be. Well, our plan is to 
look at the like the the, the after effect, the like right. the the Deleuze, uh, influence uh, today, and you have a lot of uh, you know a lot. But of we'll also talk about the books at. from the eighties, I think, right? The cinema mm-hmm. books, especially. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because that that has a uh, that, has well, that is the influence, right? Like that yeah. really was. I mean, I, I think obviously his influence is much broader than that, but that was a huge influence was the mm-hmm. cinema books. Yeah, so that's so that's that's the that's the layout for for what's gonna for what's gonna happen and how we are gonna do this. Uh, for this particular episode, and we'll see if it makes sense to do for the next, is to talk about some questions that these books um, raise for psychoanalysis because they are um, not kind <laughs> to, to psychoanalysis. That is the the announced point. I mean, it's anti-Oedipus. It's right there. And there's some setup that I think is, is worth doing. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Th- so at the time, Todd, like... there's, I mean, so this May 68 is in the background and there's a, not just a push against, it's it's not just out of the, the revolutionary spirit of, of May 68. Um, but it's also, there were some, some issues specifically related to psychoanalysis and the, uh, the IPA in France in, uh, in 1968. And that IPA, that's the, that's international, uh, psycho, psychoanalytic or psychoanalysis or psychoanalytic. Yeah. Okay, association. So there was. Um, can you? T- I feel like this doesn't generally get talked about. And yeah, why don't you uh, talk about it? It's so yeah, yeah. So there's. There's. Let me see. What are their names? Uh, I have this someplace. There were. Um, there were three uh, leading psychoanalysts who um, went to uh, li- who disguised themselves. Okay, let me see. Who is this? Uh, Gerard Mendel, Bella uh, Grunberger, and Janine. Um, that is a very French last name and I'm not going to embarrass myself trying to say it. So three people <laughs> who mm-hmm. went, uh, disguised themselves, uh, went down into May 68, um, uh, uh protests and they argued that all of the, 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 the people in, in 68, that, that, that they were Stalinists and, and that, that the, the whole thing was this like, uh, it was a revolt against the, um, the, the Oedipal father. And this was, uh, for them, a revealing moment that showed how close psychoanalysis as institutional practice was to the goals of a police state. And, and, and that, I, I think, uh, performed a, 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 a psychic violence that did not endear them to um, the the text of psychoanalysis, which they, they, so they reject both the analytical practice at the time that they're writing and also the, the doctrine of Freud and, and they, they, they put a lot of weight behind, we need to get rid of the Oedipal structure because this is the claim, the Oedipal structure, uh, and talking about, uh, um, the Oedipal complex has taken over psychoanalysis. That's one thing. Psychoanalysis has taken over, um, and uh, kind of controlled psychic life. So we need to break out of that as well. And while we reject the Oedipal complex from psychoanalysis, we need to also reject psychoanalysis as such because it is um, just intrinsic with seeking out oppressive structures. And that, that I think, I mean, is that... Do you think I, no, I think it? that's really good. Yeah, and I think that so for them two of the leading thinkers are R.D. Lang, 
right, and mm-hmm. Wilhelm mm-hmm. Reich. And so these are these are psychoanalytic thinkers that that view psychosis as liberatory because it breaks from the chains of social control and, and social domination, right? So mm-hmm. that's a that's a huge for the for for both Deleuze and Guattari. Those two figures, they'll often cite them approvingly throughout Anti-Oedipus and throughout their work. And and so and 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 in May '68, those they also some of the people in May '68 thought that Lang and Reich were good, were like thinkers that guiding lights, whatever mm-hmm. guiding theoretical lights, I guess you would say. And so that's important. And I think you're right that they're they're viewing psychoanalysis as part of the power structure that May 68 is fighting against so that and that they want to fight against and that revolutionary uh, groups and the whole revolutionary spirit is fighting against. So that's the real for them. That's the I think that's the impetus for writing the book. What's interesting is that so in Difference and Repetition and Logic of Sense, Deleuze talks very, you know, he 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 thinks about Freud in what seems like at the time when you're first reading those books is a very positive in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And Guattari was a student of Lacan's and was, was trained by Lacan. So, so there's a way in which it's, and this is why I think Aaron Schuster is a friend of ours mm-hmm. says that, that anti-Oedipus is actually an internal critique of psychoanalysis, like an imminent yeah. critique and not mm-hmm. this critique from elsewhere. I don't think that's right because I think it's a pretty, external critique but I can I guess I can see why why Aaron would say that but I, I and his book is called the trouble with pleasure and maybe we'll talk about that as we go through because it's an attempt to actually reconcile in some way Deleuze with psychoanalysis which I think both you and I Ryan don't necessarily think that that's so possible and so what yeah. we're gonna really lay out nor is do I nor way- do I think I, I'm sorry to interrupt nor, nor do I think that if you want to emphasize, Deleuze, nor do I think that that, that gets the, the best out of him either. Right. So, so that, right. that would maybe be my, my, my attendant claim to, to that as well. So if you're Deleuzean, you shouldn't be listening to this <laughs> this <laughs> podcast, maybe. Maybe. Right. Well, I mean, we're, I mean, we're, listen, the, the, the whole, there's a lot, there's a lot in, in these books that like, that I, that I disagree with, uh, passionately, but what we want to do is give a, like a fair account right. and, right. uh, and treatment, the opposite, the, right. the, the operative word, right. Um, uh, to, to this. So that, that's, that's how we're going to, um, work through this because it doesn't, you know, like, yeah, who cares? We're not going to take pot shots, right? No, no, it yeah, doesn't. Who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. It's, and, and, and I don't think like, cause there's, I know maybe it'll be germane to bring up, but they're like very, um, in their terms, I think, uh, uh, molecular, uh, problems with the argumentation that like, I, I don't always know if it's illuminating. And that's one of the tricky things. Like, um, I, I think, you know, how do we, uh, work with that, which we disagree is a, a very important overall question. And how do you, right. and, and I how, think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just, no, think no, 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 one, no. Yeah. isn't there one impulse like Aaron's to, to, find and I think Slavoj tries to do this in his book on Deleuze as well right mm-hmm. like it's called um, so their thing is bodies without organs and Slavoj's book is organs without bodies right and it's not a bad book on Hegel I don't think mm. it's a book on Deleuze unfortunately <laughs> I think it's a pretty good book on Hegel um, but but I, I what I, so what I would say is like I think you have to when you're when you encounter these seeming disjunctions like between mm-hmm. Deleuze and Guattari and psychoanalysis I think you have to 
decide, like, am I going to try to square the circle and show mm-hmm. how, well, really, they're concerned with the same thing, which, I, again, is what I think Trouble with Pleasure, Aaron Schuster's book, is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say, no, this is just where you have to draw the, you have to cut, you have to make a cut and say, no, these two positions are actually opposed and you can't mm-hmm. really bring them together. You can't, you can't, yeah. you know, maybe you can mine a few points that you like, but even then you're going to mm-hmm. think, well, they are made from such the perspective that I disagree with that I can't even bring them into my way of thinking, you know? So yeah. I, I think that it's helpful, even, even if you don't want to, I think, I think it's helpful to think in one of those two terms. And I, I think both of us are going to be on the side of let's try to draw the clear line between, yes. because I, I think for both of us, we don't see how the two things can be married together. So, so I think actually, if you're, if you really like Deleuze, I think there's something to be gained from that moment of clear line of demarcation. So we are reversing the position from two minutes ago that Deleuzean should not listen to this and that we are recommending that they should. Because yeah, I that's think right. That's it, right. Because I think it's the, like, I, I think this is the, this is the point that like, if everyone is just saying the same thing, then why believe any one thing or follow any one thing over anything else? Right. And, 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 and that, so that's, that's a, that's a tough position to be on the on the side of that like well they're responding to the same phenomena but in different words so really it's the same thing and that's like that's not Schuster's position certainly and no. that's 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 like a um I don't know that's that's like a a, 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 a straw man idea of right uh, I mean to be of, fair of the, Aaron does see different obviously he sees yeah. differences he just thinks there are these points of conjunction and that's what he's interested in. Yeah, and so I think what we are interested in is the points of disjunction, and that let one does have to choose, uh, and like where where do you where do you find yourself? Um, And I think so. We have we have a list of questions. We thought we were going to start with five, but they expanded. Uh, to eight, nine, ten. Uh, so, right. which is I'm, which is a very Deleuze and Guattarian uh, thing to have happen. Yeah, right? it is. It is. So that. Uh, so maybe that's a, that's a point in, uh, for them and, and for the. Right. For they the started log- in the lead, right? Just yeah. because of what happened to us when we set up so, the, the episode. Exactly. So I think. Well, can we? How about we start with a, a position that we agree with? And, sure. And that's. I think. I mean, we there is <laughs> there's taped evidence that. Um, we have some uh, pushback on the 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 Oedipus complex as that's the, right as the central fundamental psychoanalytic concept. That's right. That's right. I I accept that critique. Actually, yeah, I think that that's <laughs> I I think it's good. I think I I agree with that, and I think even you know like something we talk about all the time is the way in which the that what Lacan is doing often is making the social, like emphasizing the social dimension mm-hmm. of the psychoanalytic project, whereas Freud is, is so focused often on the family, right? And so mm-hmm. I think, I mean, even that way of thinking is already kind of, you're onto the turf of, of Deleuze and Guattari. So I think that their critique of the way psychoanalysis reduces everything to the Oedipal triangulation, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's pretty, I think it's pretty good. And I think they, you know, they hit on something that a lot of psychoanalytic analysts when they practice do, I think. I mean, not, I don't want to be unfair to them, but I think there is this tendency, especially <laughs> in the more classically Freudian, you know, in the people in Freud's immediate wake, and that's part of what they're responding to, to do that, to reduce 
you know, what their formulation is, mommy, daddy, me, but whatever, mm-hmm. like some kind of Oedipal thing where that where the desire is so him. It's not a desire for some absence that's not there. And re- instead, it's a desire for a presence that is there. And I think they're I think they're right to be critical of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting as a um, as a structure to be critical of. I mean, certainly like we, we were we were too. And I think what our, if I'm, if I'm going to remember our episode, right. And re- recast this as, as our, um, as our take on our own prior work is that the, uh, concept is not like, it doesn't deserve, uh, I think that this was, this was our hot take. It doesn't deserve pride of place. Um, right. like that we would probably right. reserve it more for the drive. I think that would kind of be our, uh, position on that. And so how about this though? Let me, if I'm going to, so I'm going to, this isn't devil's advocate because I do genuinely, um, believe this. If I'm being sympathetic to, um, the, like to the Oedipal uh, complex as a primary structure of psychic life and of psychoanalysis and its take on that, and I am also wanting to further the notion of Lacan that he is looking at the social aspects of uh, like, like, like socializing psychoanalysis, socializing Freud, bring, making sure that, that, that uh, we see analysis out in the world as much as we see it in the clinic um, and not just how things that happen out of the world like arise in the clinic. Okay, if we're being fair, fair to all of that... Um, is there any way, do you think there's any purchase either for, um, like for either for you or for Deleuze and Guattari, maybe stick with them specifically with the idea that, um, it's actually just the first social structure. That's all that the family is, is the first social structure, however it is arranged. And yeah, I think they that, would say, I think, I don't think they would disagree with that. Right. Okay. I think they would, I think they would like that. I think that that makes sense to them. Um, except is so yeah. So then, where does it? So then, so where's the where's the breakdown then? I guess the critique would be for them, and and I think this is my critique too. Is that although my critique would, and maybe this, I think this is yours too, be slightly mm-hmm. different because, for them, desire is always exploding mm-hmm. limits, right? Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's so so when you have the, if the family is the structure, even if it's like a mini social structure. Mm-hmm. Desire, as it emerges, is always going to be going beyond the limit of that structure. So, so you can't you can't mm-hmm. confine it. This is their point, I think. You can't confine it to just the two actors in addition to the child yeah. that are within that structure, right? Because it's always shattering. It's always going outside, going beyond. I guess what I would say is the de- desire is always oriented towards what's missing, and I, I think mm. they don't think this. So no, I think this w- is a difference. That that's that's true. That that's definitely a problem. I I have a quote. I don't have the page number, but this is a uh, this is them. Uh, if desire is repressed, it is because every position of desire, no matter how small, is capable of calling into question the established order of a society. Not that desire is asocial. On the contrary, but it is explosive. There is no desiring machine. This is their term, right? Capable yeah. of being assembled without demolishing entire social sectors. Um, I don't. Think I, I mean I think that's actually consonant with the the psychoanalytic take on desire, but but they I think their their point they see this because um, what they are against is the the edipalization of right. all desire of bringing right. it all right. back 
to to the family structure. And for them, that um, n- neuters it and makes it right. just the the product of this family triad. And right. and whereas they want to to break out of that and 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 some sort of I, I, I so anyway that 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 is a I think their 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 take but I don't uh, I don't know but it's not focused on what's I don't think it's focused on what's missing right like no. because I think it's interesting because I think their conception of desire and this maybe we're getting to the second question and maybe we shouldn't uh, get to it so far. So if you want to c- c- hold me back and, okay, <laughs> and leash right, well, we'll me and, and, and re-territorialize me, that's uh, fine. There you go. Um, so, but I think, isn't there a position that desire is purely productive? Yeah. So it's not, so whereas I would want to see it, desire linked to an absence or linked to like the absence of an absent object, right? Like mm-hmm. they would see, no, desire just produces yeah. Whatever it does, like it produces an object, but it's not that object is not absent. It's pro, it's produced. It's present because it's been produced, right? So I think their notion, their way of thinking about desire outside of the terms of lack, is really mm-hmm. so. I think we would, I think, be joined, as you said, about this critique of the Oedipus complex. But I think when it, you get to this, what is the nature of desire, which is our second question? I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit. I think there, I don't see how to to reconcile the divergence. Like, I think there just is mm-hmm. a divergence, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a couple things like I, um, w- one of the things that, I mean, th- this, this, I accept, I suppose they wouldn't, is that the, the Oedipus complex is rearticulated culturally. Like, I think that that absolutely happened. I mean, that's, I mean, this is Freud's point, but like, it just, you know, it's Oedipus Rex. And then you see it with, uh, we, when we talk about this, and then it's in Hamlet and then it's in Darwin even and he's he's talking about uh, evolution and like in in like in the imagination of humanity like it's there i accept that what i think like the the um the again it's the it's the pride of place i i, I think that cuz I, I in a way I, I think that maybe maybe what the issue is and 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 this this is uh maybe one of my uh critiques of 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 anti-oedipus is that like there's a lot of like uh, this is the problem with psychoanalysis, like right now, and this is the problem with it forever and structurally. And I just like kind of reject, like, like even like even if you are an analyst, and and even if you are predisposed to bring things back to the Oedipus complex and 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 the 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 family uh, structure, the first social that 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 a, that a child a subject knows, that doesn't mean that that explains everything. And I just kind of, and I think that's that's just a little bit of elision on the part of Deleuze right, and Guattari, right. where they just see that as like it explains everything. And so they I don't take what what you're saying is that they take specific and particular sins of specific and particular psychoanalysts, and they yeah. make them stand in for the whole. That's your, yeah, that's your yeah, yeah. I do. I kind of think if if you had to boil down my critique of anti Oedipus to like a single sentence is that I don't think they know how to do synecdoche because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of where they identify issues and problems that I I think that I, I would agree with or like things again, as we've just, because we've started here, things we've said previous times on this podcast, but the conclusion is always, and this is, this is why everything about it is wrong and we have to reject it completely because it's oppressive and I, I think that that is I have a hard time with that. Like that's that's a little um, 
I don't know. I would, I would, uh, if I was more predisposed to thinking something like that, I would maybe, I would need a little bit more, um, handholding on this, but the, well, the, isn't the, it like yeah. a hyper synecdoche, right? Like yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe. like yeah. it's like, Oh, we got a little part. Now we're going to extrapolate from that to the, to the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like that's the, yeah. Like it's, and just, it, it's like gone awry, I think. And or, it kicks or, off. I really do. I mean, I said this to you in the pre-show. I really think it kicks off the people doing that to psychoanalysis to just dismiss it. Like uh, David Bordwell does a tendentiously bad reading of Joan Kopchak's locked room, lonely room. And we need, that's how we reject psychoanalysis from film theory forever. And like, I, I, I so, I, so that, that's a, another part of the reason I, that I'm having a hard time personally separating, which is that like the, they also provide a bit of a blueprint for rejecting psychoanalysis in the, in the Academy. But like, I don't know, maybe that's me being extra sensitive. Well, right. Something. And it's also like, they align it with what's, the ruling structure and it's so far from the ruling structure. I know. Structure, well, right? that's, like the, that's yeah. Yeah. The, that the, I think, the, I don't know what to say about that other than that's just crazy. Like, yeah. Like, was, I mean, is that because that comes up in Foucault as well, which is like, like the, I mean, cause again, that is the, the board wall gesture, which is like psychoanal- psychoanalysis in well, what he calls grand theory, psychoanalysis, feminism, Marxism is dominant in film theory. And we need to get out from this oppressive structure. Foucault, Deleuze, Guattari, like, psychoanalysis is just dominating intellectual and psychic life and it is, is oppressing us. We need to get out of it. That's like, that's the kind of the call to action in their work. And, and I don't, I don't know that that, I, I don't know. I mean, like, is that, is that true? <laughs> in, it was never in, true. Even in yeah. France, right? Yeah. Like even in France, that just was never true. Right. Like Freud, his books were being burned, right? Like he's yeah. constantly on the verge of being even killed, let alone yeah. like he's not the dominant figure, let alone like he's just trying to keep psychoanalysis alive. Like that's the thing why he that was to, called the Jewish science, you know, like right, that's why he went yeah. to Jung, right? Who yeah. was a like, I don't think otherwise he would have found Jung a very attractive colleague, but uh, given his anti-Semitism among other right. things, but, mm-hmm. but I think he, he saw in him this, this non-Jew that could help the thing survive. And, like the notion that it's dominant and that it's this handmaiden of, I mean, everything could be a handmaiden of capital, obviously. Yes. But the notion that that's what it fundamentally is, I think misses the way in which it has a completely marginal status. So that's, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Can we do, can we do this here? Because I I think this is good. This will go, this will, because I I took us on this, this, this train and we were going to go into desire, but I think we've, we found a way back into it, which is that this is one of the, we talked about this, um, a number of episodes ago, we did uh, um, like psychoanalysis and capitalism. I think was yeah, was the episode yeah. that we did. Yeah, and because um, and this is the critique that like you know psychoanalysis. It is the like it's a, this 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 bourgeois this total total bourgeois uh, pseudoscience. It's just analysts making money hand over right. fist. That and all they're doing is keeping people's desires repressed it's keeping everyone um like it's keeping everyone uh singular and and not allowing for their their own personal uh like multi- multiplicity of their desires to burst forth that's that's the the, the, the Foucault and and Deleuze and Guattari like critique this that uh it is in that way complicit in capitalism and because it's they they don't separate it from the money making aspect, but also, um, I think okay. So where I'm struggling here is I don't I don't see how so, so they 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 see 
does the duelist in Guattari, and I, if you have a line to that this that would be helpful too. Psychoanalysis okay. sees desire, and they equate it purely with with lack, which is not a bad reading. I don't think that that's. I mean, you no. I think earlier. we would. I think both of us would accept that entirely, right? Yeah. Like yes. desire is lack for sure. Okay, their desire tied entirely to productivity. Now, can you help me? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah. So. How is psychoanalysis the handmaiden of capitalism if desire is lack and their notion of schizoanalysis or just their position to anti-Oedipus uh, is anti-capital in I don't have that their I don't notion have of desire like, is I think productive that's a real pure productivity. That seems like to me like a real problem, right? Like I don't know how – because – and I think people have said this, Slavoj, among others, like, I think that there is this, like, and we'll get to this when we talk about the rhizome later, but I feel like there is this, like, if you're going to, if you're going to try to elide lack in desire and make it totally aligned with productivity and, and, and this is, I think, the key, strip the negativity out of desire. So, right, like, so the whole history of modern philosophy from Descartes through of course, Hegel would be the main figure, right? That that desire is linked to negativity. And that is, and, and I should say that Hegel is the secret enemy here. Like in, in Deleuze's early work, it's explicit, very explicit. But here, I, I think Hegel's maybe only mentioned once or twice in all of Anti-Oedipus and not that much in Thousand Plateaus. But I think he's, the subtext is Hegel's the enemy because of this alignment of desire and productivity, right? Well, I just think it's a lot easier if you want to make the argument that psychoanalysis is complicit in uh, capitalism in that the way that it talks about desire in that it cannot be fulfilled and that that is what capitalism wants you to do to to continue to be um, like, I don't know, uh, like active and pursuing and purchasing like like objects and things like that. Like I think like. I don't, I don't agree with that, but I can, I can see that, that thread like very, very clearly. I think I have a, I guess I have a harder time if the, the, the way that you, I, I just have a, I have a much harder time with the, your anti-capitalist project is about, um, desire as productivity and the multiplicity of that desire, um, being, I, I guess, okay. So I'll, I'll, I, I think what they would say is that, um, and I and I think this is a phrase that might come up from me a number of times in this is that it's uh they're they're coaching the result and not coaching the process, which is a sports cliche that I think is very useful for uh, looking at um, a lot of a lot of theory uh, that actually where like if you ever see someone arguing about like oh I don't know maybe Sartre has this problem uh, in critique of dialectical reason where we right. well what we're looking right. for is a genuine collective and it's like okay. So it's the it's the result that makes the theory work, not the like the process that ensures the result. And I think so what they might say, because I think it's a pretty easy retort, um, which is what I'm going to offer right now, is that if desire is multiple and productive, like I don't know how that like how is that different from the creation of markets and even the like, you know, there's there's this uh, there's this. A tweet I saw recently that like, <laughs> kind of rattling around in my brain where it's like somebody wrote, um, can we have health care? Question mark. Republicans, colon, no. Democrats, 
colon, no. And then after Democrats, the, the Democratic no, there's a string of like, there's the pride flag that says like hashtag BLM, like, um, you know, like it's like the, uh, like the planet Earth, like the recycle thing. Like, so it's just like, like they attach themselves to these, right. like these supposedly socially conscious markets but are actually denying the thing that would fundamentally alter uh, the, the the social sphere. And I, so I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how that's different from the kind of desire that they're talking about. And I don't, I know, I don't know how, like, I would just think if you're talking about desire as productivity, you have to accept that kind of capitalistic productivity of desire as being a part of your system. I think they would though, Ryan, I think they would like, I don't, I do. I think that they don't have a problem with that because for them, the, the, like cap, like part of what this book and, and the following one, mainly this book though, is a celebration of what capitalism is doing and not a, I mean, they don't want, I don't think they want to be, they're not just purely being critical of capitalism. I think they're also, you know, trying to celebrate what it does. And I think the things, and that's why I think the embrace of desire as productive does fit Hmm. within the capitalist idea. And I think that they don't have a problem with that. Like, I just think they would say, yeah, that's it. Like, that's what, that's Hmm. what we're talking about. And, you know, the, 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 the notion that, uh, the notion that that's a problem I mean, it's a problem only in so far as it's limited, right? Like, I think that's their, hmm. we're kind of, we're skipping on to maybe our next question, which okay. is the relationship to Marx and and, sure. but, and capital. But I think for them, like, I think it really is a genuine version of a Marxist position. This Marxist idea that the, the only limit on capitalism is capital itself, right? And so yeah. their idea is let's have capitalism Let's just have more of what capitalism does, not mm-hmm. less. And mm-hmm. I think I think they think what psychoanalysis is doing is saying, let's put the brakes on what capitalism does. Mm-hmm. And that actually makes it worse because you get capitalism and you get this break, and that's like fascism. So I think that mm-hmm. they almost equate psychoanalysis with fascism precisely yeah. because it's this recoding or re-territorializing move, and it, it limits this self what if self-transcending constantly overcoming itself capitalist, the way cap capital structure of desire, which is they think the structure of desire, desire is pure productivity. Like mm. almost, you know, I was thinking of Anne Rand because the way in which the, what Anne Rand thinks of the producers, right? Yeah. Like she thinks they have nothing to do with lack. Mm-hmm. They're just, they just are so, they have so much creative energy. They're just creating stuff, creating stuff. And then it's the, it's the the, the leeches mm-hmm. that come and like and, and want to turn that into some bureaucratic thing and put the structure of lack on top of that, right? So I think that there, I think there, it actually is a celebration of mm-hmm. capitalism for that aspect of capitalism, like its mm-hmm. ultimate creativeness. It's going past all limits. The way it destroys every other, like I think they would love the fact that McDonald's is in India. Right. Mm -hmm. Like for them, that's great because and then and then if all the different eating codes get washed away by McDonald's, who that great, because we're getting this the way in which society is constantly being overcome. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's what capitalism is doing. Well, listen, I would never take a shot at McDonald's. Uh, so that's that's fine. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I, can I tell you, I, I had um, I had McDonald's the other day for the first time since February. And it was like it was um, was it, it like heroin. It was like it was like what I think men think a woman having multiple orgasms is like. So I don't even so I'm, I'm actually bracketing the what that's actually like from what men think it's like. And that's the experience that I had. I had the. The, the power of that, that fantasy, I think it was like, wow, it was amazing. Wow. And it, five days later, it like absolutely destroyed my body. So there, so there's that, yeah. but, um, well, there's that, there is well, that. that's, isn't that why you enjoyed it so much? Yes. A hundred percent. That's yes, absolutely. <laughs> right, that's yeah. the, and there, there you go. That's, there's a, a, a mini lesson on jouissance. Uh, so and an anti-Delusian lesson, I think, right. Because yeah, yeah. isn't their whole point that that's the problem with it's more Hegel, I think, but that's also the problem with psychoanalysis that the, it it links this enjoyment to self destruction, and for them, enjoyment mm. is self expression. Yeah, that's a good now, point. Now, I think that is like, isn't yeah. that one of these points where the rubber hits the road in terms of the conflict? Yeah, yeah, between I, the two, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think like for them, th- w- when you felt bad afterwards, mm-hmm. that would just be part of McDonald's and your body, there was a bad encounter. Yeah. Right? That's what that's how Deleuze puts it in other places. And but but in the pure there was also this good encounter. Mm-hmm. And that's what you felt initially. So I don't know. So I think I think that, you know, I, I just think like on this question of desire mm-hmm. and on this question of capitalism, how capitalism relates to desire, this is where I think there just is an absolute opposition mm-hmm. and you can't square psychoanalysis and, and Deleuze and Guattari. But my question for you is, mm-hmm. I have two questions. Okay. <laughs> One is, I don't really understand how you can understand desire as productive. Okay. It's just, I never really understood it. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is related. I, I'm not exactly sure what a desiring machine is. Okay. And why do they call it a desiring machine and not just desire? Yeah, okay. <sighs> All right. So I'll try to, uh, I'll put my, my, my D&G hat on and I'll try to, okay. I'll try to do this. Okay. So, um, I think what they, I, th- I definitely think that there is a, um, certainly with the, um, bodies without organs thread, I think that there is a, um, there's a post humanism to the way they want to talk about actually quite a lot of things that, 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 that I think for sure that I think yeah. makes, that's the reason why some of the language is the way that it is. Um, and I also think that the desiring machine gets it closer to, uh, I mean, their, their, their idea. And I mean, th- this is the, like d- desiring production and that's a, as a hyphenated thing, right? Like that's, that's, that's like a phrase of theirs, uh, like throughout. So I think that desire as a desiring I, I, all, okay, so a couple things. I think they they want to separate themselves from from psychoanalysis, which is of course just talking about desire, like as such, and so they want to make the um, their idea different. And so I think it is interesting to them to think of the 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 body as having these. It's kind of like okay, <laughs> it's kind of like how. Um, when Freud starts writing about the drive, um, some of the takes, uh, and this is something that Lacan worked to, to correct some of the psychoanalytic takes was that there was a drive for everything. 
So there is there like there is a there is a drive for food. There is a drive for um, you know there's a drive for for sex and that's separate from a drive for like for love and 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 togetherness or whatever okay and okay i think and so part of lacan's project is like nope it is just it is the drive like everything comes back to this it is it is fundamental it is a fundamental structure and i think this is part of their um investment in the multiple and i also think it is part of as you just explained their investment in reclaiming capitalism as a as a good as a, and and not just goods but like a like a positive and, and and productive thing is to think in terms of the like the body as like as machinic is to make it expand the boundary of its own skin and and it, it is to bring it into this like post-human and it is also to to bring it out of an Oedipal triangle and into a different kind of social reality. Oh, that would maybe that's that's my answer. What do you think of that? For the machine. For the machine. Yeah. Yeah. For why for why for why the preference for the term. And I think that 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 they also Maybe this is also part of uh, like a like a leftover thing that that actually both of them kind of like from from Freud and from psychoanalysis is like the, the thing about the drive is like you don't you don't stop it like it's always going like like it is always working now they they don't accept the idea of it subverting uh you know you at at, at every turn they that, that they they want to they that's like one of these things where they think psychoanalysis just preaches this and then people think that and rather than this like psychoanalysis is like un- uncovering the ways in which the psyche works. I think that's a, yeah. that's a, a big thing for them is that they and and I and I think I, I'm not even like so they don't. It's maybe a begging the question that that would have been really interesting for this project is to to get into the to to that specific thing, which is we see that psychoanalysis has come up with this structure for how the psyche works. And it's not true, but it preaches it, and then it becomes true, and we want to get out of it. And I mean, I, mean, I kind of think that's their position. And I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, is that is also that also similar to how they they see that yeah. like like from like like that capital can also be different and and positive and productive like in the in the same way. I, I mean, does that is that also part of it? And that's why we have yeah, desiring that, production, yeah, no, desiring I, machine. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's right. Like, I think it's part of their project to reclaim this aspect of capitalism that psychoanalysis has critiqued. So that's part of that is 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 they're differentiating themselves from psychoanalysis again, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. But but I guess it's just hard for me to just <laughs> conceive of mm-hmm. like the machine. Okay, I get that, and I think that's a pretty good argument. And I think. Uh, you know, centering on the transhuman is really good because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that are transhumanistic are Deleuze and Guattarians. So yeah, I think sense. that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And that, and like, if you think about it as a machine, although you would think they would have been drawn to drive machine rather mm. than desiring machine, but okay, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I mean, so that that would, seems, I mean, you said that because that makes sense with the cinema books later, right? Like, the, right, yeah. right, right. And it also makes sense actually with repetition and desire yeah. right like mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. he's he's formulating a notion of death drive that actually almost seems machinic mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean that maybe is guattari's influence i don't know what but anyway but the, the, i guess it's still so hard for me to think of desire not as tied to lack because 
Look, I think they're right to say, and of course this is the psychoanalytic point, that there's no specific object that's lacking. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think they think that if you think in terms of lack, then you're automatically tied to Oedipus. But mm -hmm. I actually think the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think it's when you think about desire in terms of lack rather than in terms of an actual being that's desired, then that actually is what frees you from mm. thinking solely in terms of desire as modeled on the Oedipus complex, right? And mm -hmm. so that I think, I don't get, And but I, I mean, I, I don't get how you would desire something if you were not lacking. Like I just, mm -hmm. it just doesn't yeah, yeah, make yeah. sense to me. I understand how you can theorize enjoyment as aligned with not lacking, mm -hmm. right? But does the whole point of desire is you're going out of yourself for something else because you experience something within as unsatisfying, mm -hmm. right? So I, it just, it, it, I find it really, really hard to think about theoretically how, how that makes sense for them. But I guess, and this will allow us to come to our, our fourth one, although we've gone in kind of all these <laughs> haphazard orders. Well, hey, I, I, I mean, if you've read Anti-Oedipus, I think that the, the writing style encourages the, the, this right. kind of engagement. I, I was going to say, yeah. we've already, we've, we've shown our allegiance to Deleuze and Guattari through our very method. <laughs> uh, I mean, they That's repeat funny. themselves so much, but it doesn't count as a repetition because it's said in a whole, it's, they've, they've gone around to it in a totally other direction. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. one of the interesting things about their style. The other thing I think people like about their style is just that they're allowed to say shit and piss and fuck. And, and that makes, when I was in graduate school, I, a, a couple of grad students that I was sort of obliquely friendly with, they loved that. They thought it was so <laughs> radical because look, you could say this in a theory book. It's not so great. And mm -hmm. I was a little less impressed, but, but <laughs> I, I, I just would say though, that, 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 I think the only way to make sense of desire as production mm -hmm. is to think in terms of multiplicity yes. and not as individual yes. subject, right? Yes. Like, so then mm -hmm. I think for them, that's what allows it to all make sense. And I think that's one of their main, main critiques of both psychoanalysis and, of course, Hegel that, mm -hmm. and Kahn and the whole philosophical tradition that you can't think in terms of the individual subject. Yeah. Instead, you have to think in terms of these multiples that can never be, you know, I, that can never be grouped together, or if they're grouped together, they're only grouped together contingently, and then they can always form a different grouping later. So mm -hmm. it's almost like you could have your arm cut off, and then that arm could go off and do its own thing, you know, and then <laughs> I think that's how they kind of think of the subject. Like, they even call them larval subjects, right, mm. which implies that kind of, like, things are sort of disgusting and breaking off and doing their own thing. And, and I think also this emphasis on the molecular rather than the molar, mm. the small rather than the large, that means these individual aspects, this multiplicity within the subject and not the subject as such, which, which would be lacking. But because you're thinking in terms of just these multiples, there is no lack. I guess that has to be it, right? I think so. I think that, um, I mean, this is, and this is a pretty big, this is a pity, uh, 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 a big, big, big break. You have to pick uh, between the multiple, and then, then you have your. I think you have your pick in in psychoanalysis of uh, where where are you gonna where are you gonna lay your your hat? Are you gonna lay your it on cards? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna put it on the two of um, like the the the, the fundamental non relation between uh, self and other? 
and self and self. Okay. Like to, right. to put it one way. Okay. Are, is that where you're going to put your, your weight behind that? Or, um, the triad of either the, you know, mommy, daddy, me, or it ego, super ego, or, or symbolic, uh, you know, imaginary real. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, well, I mean, what, what would be the Hegelian triad? Cause I think there is a Hegelian triad. It's not thesis, antithesis, synthesis, right, obvious, okay, so, obviously, yeah. but it's something like, you know, being nothingness, becoming, right? yeah, like yeah, something like. Although becoming, that's a whole that's other issue. That's another with them, big thing but, for them. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or, or or the later Lacan, the quadratic, which is the you know the that we we talked about a little bit in the the last uh, last series of three episodes, um, where you have the real symbolic imaginary, and then also the like the Baromian the knot. object A, yeah, right? yeah, itself, yeah. or the knot, right? Yeah, or right. The, yeah. So, uh, I and 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 that doesn't mean. So you really, I think you really have to, I think you have to pick. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's not possible to, to marry the two. Cause if you do, it, it takes something away from, from one right. side. I agree. And, and, and that, which again, that's fine. Like, but it, 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 it it's not all, it's not all, uh, super cool Fonzie groovy stuff to just, to put them all together. So the, this, this logic of the multiple is absolutely crucial uh to the way Deleuze and, and Guattari think and, and it is it it's totally consonant with what they're they're thinking on capitalism and and desire and the the desiring machine and the desiring production is this string absolute string of multiplicity this like total um bo- like this total bodily freedom this 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 d- desiring freedom it, that is just proliferates everywhere and that cannot be reduced to uh the subject which psychoanalysis uh, uh, has as as primary um right. and the same with 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 hegel and so you cannot and so this is why they do it because if you have if you are multiple um then you're actually not tied to the unconscious anymore and and I, and I think that's a that's a pretty big thing for them. That's interesting. Like the the minimal role the unconscious plays mm-hmm. in in their theory is, I think, very important. And I think you're right that the multiple is a way of getting out of the unconscious. It's also a way of avoiding antagonism, yeah. right, or contradiction. And I think they really their allergy to contradiction is pretty fascinating. And I think that's part of the reason, although they think of Hegel as a philosopher of synthesis, not a philosopher of contradiction. Nonetheless, for me, that I think that, that Deleuze's allergy to contradiction is really what leads to his opposition to Hegel. And, and, and you know, the thing about multiplicity is that it does, it, 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 it's a way of avoiding both antagonism and contradiction, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if there's only multiples, you never see this point at which there's just an, a a point of impossibility. And I think they like that. They, they don't like the notion of the impossible real. They're very critical yeah. of that. So, mm-hmm. so I think they don't think of, and in fact, they don't even think of capitalism in terms of its contradictions, no. right? Like no, they think no, of no. capitalism yeah. in terms of it's just too restrained. Yeah. We, need to, we need to take that break of it off of it. And then all of a sudden we have something else. I don't know that they would call it communism, but something better. Yeah. Some like deteriorized world, right? Like, so that... I think that that is really crucial for them, that they, they do not think in terms of contradiction. And it's because 
they foreground the multiple instead of the not one or something. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, right. The way in which the or the three, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I think that that's I think that's absolutely uh, crucial. And and there's like, uh, I, I also I do I also find like okay, so even at a very very, um, and this this would be this would be a petty level I, I think, but they 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 are averse to to contradiction because I don't. So the, those people who I talked about, those psychoanalysts who who showed up to uh, May sixty eight and and tried to to make it out that it was they, these were all st- you know Stalinist or whatever who wanted like greater oppression or whatever it was um, that though even those the, even though that these people were appearing in uh, in costume in disguise um, I guess they don't get to be multiple. I guess they don't have a multiplicity of being. I guess they are singular in their desire for police state. I guess psychoanalysis doesn't get to be multiple. Psychoanalysis is singular because psychoanalysis is tied to the family. Even though the Oedipal complex involves multiple, it involves the three, but that's not multiple. I guess multiple is more than three. And again, maybe this is petty, but like it's at this level, I don't think that this is really teased out and and and, and structured very comprehensively uh, at all. And I think that that, that hurts its, uh, for me at least, like it, it hurts its um, uh, argumentative power. Like I don't, like like when does something become the multiple? Because I gave you, because you know, we went through the two, the three, and the quadratic in psychoanalysis, but I guess that's not multiple. So. Right, right, right. Well, the multiple is the good guy. Right? Yeah. And the, and the, yeah. Because I mean, Todd, what are that... we doing? What are we coaching? We're coaching the results. And we're not coaching the process, right? Right, uh, yeah. right. right. I, 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 I obviously, I, I obviously think that's right. But I, I, I do think too that that there's a way in which that, you know. So Alain Badu wrote this book on Deleuze called "The Clamor of Being," mm. and in it, he, he, people that love Deleuze just hated this book because <laughs> because Badu did not criticize Deleuze for multiplicity. Mm-hmm. He criticized him for advocating what Deleuze calls the univocity of being, right? right? right so right, right. he thinks being has to, and this comes from Spinoza, who thinks there is one substance, right? So mm-hmm. all being is one. And so, and people thought this was like a crazy critique of Deleuze because everyone critiques him for the multiplicity. Mm-hmm. And Badu comes along and says, no, it's actually Deleuze reduces everything to the same plane of being, and thus he can't think this event that breaks you know, that breaks up this univocity of being. That was Badu's point. Well, doesn't that and also, think, doesn't that also mean he can't yeah. think the multiple? Like, so let's say you even, you, you like that. How, how can you also have a univocity of being? It, that, that, it just that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what Badu's point was. Yeah. That, yeah. that there really is, he actually cannot think, he, he can't think the two, so he can't think the multiple at all yeah. because of this emphasis on the univocity of being. Deleuze and Guattari's point is that the univo- that ever all being has to occur on the same plane, and that's mm-hmm. what they mean by the university of mm-hmm. being. And so it's a very it's an imminent, imminentist yeah. philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's against any notion of transcendence. And you know, I think from from the from German idea throughout German idealism, so from Kant, Fichte, Hegel, Schelling, like the, the notion of some kind of transcendence is absolutely central. And I think for psychoanalysis too, like the notion of the cure is, I think in some sense, a notion of transcendence, even if it's transcendence to recognize your own, a way of recognizing your, you know, in, the inescapability of imminence or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, so so imminence means that you can't, you can't get to another plane of existence, but right? Then and everything's on the same plane. I ha- yeah. Again, I hate to do this, and maybe this is petty, but 
if desire is this explosive thing that can demolish entire social sectors, then how how is how is there only one plane? Like, I, I, it makes a lot more sense to me if we're going to think with the multiple that there's we're always the and then I, again this is for later. Then we're always becoming, and there is no plane that that the the ground is always being. Uh, you know, sod and then torn up and we're always going somewhere else. And so there is no plane for existence. There is all, there is just, it's pure multiplicity. Like, right. I'm glad you asked that because it doesn't, it get to our fifth question (laughs) and that is why the rhizo? And then they have this amazing line in thousand plateaus, right? They say, this is right at the beginning of the book. They're like, we're tired of trees. They've made us suffer too much, <laughs> right? So <laughs> their whole point is rhizome instead of tree, uh-huh. right? So first of all, you got to think of what a rhizome is, mm-hmm. right? Like a rhizome is this thing that that it, it like moves in all different directions in a non-orderly mm-hmm. fashion, mm-hmm. and it's not, and it's la- it's it's horizontal, yes. rather than vertical, right? right? So that's why the tree is has caused them. I feel bad for the two of them. So much suffering because of verticality. <laughs> Interesting that Deleuze, when he chose to kill himself, he jumped out of a, he chose a vertical method. Oh, jeez. Right? Like, <laughs> like he didn't lie down and just, uh, you know, take a poison, so which you, would have been, I think, a rhizomatic. I think that would have been a, a Maybe that was the a rhizomatic Yeah, it was death. a final refutation of his own philosophy that he jumped out the window. Well, right? that, like, I'm choosing the tree. <laughs> That is a macabre rejoinder to to yeah, to, no, to Deleuze. Know, um, so unfair. Okay, so but 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 I think okay. So I think this is a crucial aspect of their philosophy, and it's so hard I think to understand what they mean by rhizome because it's just it's not. I, I think we haven't. It's easy to think of what a tree is, right? Well, but isn't that well, doesn't that also go? Sorry, uh, like, no, the, but doesn't that also? Um, isn't tree? Does that not take us back to Sashur? Is, is is that not? Sig- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sig- it's, a, it's an explicit allusion to Sashur, yeah. and that's the other thing, right? They're they're completely. So Deleuze wrote a book called Proust and Signs, mm-hmm. and they're very much on the side of the sign mm-hmm. because they think the sign is productive, right. whereas the signifier represents, and they are totally against representation. Mm-hmm. So right, so that's part of their whole thing as well. So I think you're absolutely right. Like Saussure's example for a signifier mm. is the tree. It's interesting that Lacan refutes that same example, right? When he tries right. to explain a signifier in the instance, I think it's an instance of the letter, mm-hmm. and and his example is a, a, a boy and a girl with two with doors over the bathroom signs that are men and women, and the door looks exactly the same, mm-hmm. and yet there's this we have this difference in the signification whether it's a man or mm-hmm. a woman for the bathroom, and and so I think for him. The signifier is much more about this internal split for Lacan, yeah. and for as for Saussure, it's about more about representation. Mm-hmm. But you're right that they're attacking both of those ideas. Yeah, by choosing a tree, I think is a, yeah. Okay, of course. so this um, okay, so let's so uh, so I'll let you get back to your to your point about about the the, the verticality of uh, the, the, the so the, they're they are on the side of this, and again maybe the, it, this does go back to the last thing we talked about this. This product, this notion of, of of capital as a a horizontal, um, well, I mean, isn't is like is horizontal integration like a good, um, 
way for all like for, for thinking about it as uh, as well. Yeah. Like yeah 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 yeah. So that, sure. that's the what was the what's what was this last? Um, oh, in uh, in video games, there was a um, Microsoft bought Bethesda, a total horizontal integration. But isn't that vertical integration? No, or it's no, horizontal? It's, it's horizontal because they're on the same plane. Yeah, they're on the same plane, and it's a, it's okay. technically a different uh, industry. Is I think. Well, well, see, isn't that interesting yeah. though? Because Ryan, mm-hmm. aren't sorry to interrupt. No, no, isn't no. what you're suggesting that? And I think capitalism did used to operate on this vertical, like famously within filmmaking, right? Mm -hmm. Like you had this, I think it was in 48, this anti-vertical integration lawsuit against, I forget who it was, Paramount, I think, Mm -hmm. for, you know, they owned both the production studio, the theater, I mean, sorry, the distribution and the theater. Mm -hmm. So total vertical integration. But I think now, I think we see the way in which capitalism horizontally integrates, which kind of... Like there's a way in which what Deleuze and Guattari are, are doing is anticipating the next, yeah, the next development <laughs> within capitalism. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, that so th- that's kind of fascinating because it, it's it both. I don't know. It, it both lends uh, weight to their point, and then like it sort of undoes it because their their whole and I and I do want to spend time on on, on the rhizome, but like for for where the conversation has now uh, come, it, it's a little. I think people are having a hard time seeing how uh, hor- horizontally uh, integrated and arranged capitalism is not fascistic. And their whole project in, in this is, is, is trying to be like demonstrably anti-fascistic. And they align, they certainly right. al- align the dominion that uh, psychoanalysis has as, as they claim over both, the consciousness, both consciousness and unconsciousness that they, 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 I think they would, they would, they would call like, they would probably, I mean, this isn't in there, right. They, they might as well just this call like the, the psychoanalyst, the fascist of the unconscious. I mean, like that's, I think they're right. That's no, that, I think that's right. That's, I think, that's I think point. the whole point is to link psychoanalysis to fascism. Yes. I just think that's at, because if what fascism does is it re-territorializes capitalist deterritorialization. That's exactly what they see the psychoanalysts doing, right? So I think yeah. that's absolutely clear within the book. Yeah. So and then within all the all these four books. Yeah. So then okay, so then <laughs> we see now this like uh this this movement in 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 capital to be to be rhizomatic. Um I mean it's certainly productive. You got to give him that, but I don't know that I, I it's certainly not less, uh, less fascistic. I think, it's, I think in, in 2020, it's, or it's less a, oppressive or less oppressive. Right? Yeah. Like, 2020 is yeah, a good time like, to go back to this and like really push them on that core thesis. Like if everything they're saying is aiming at anti-fascism, I mean, this is what Foucault writes in his preface that this is like the, like, like the first genuinely anti-fascist like work that, 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 he, that he, you know, a, a poetics, of, of, of anti-fascism. Like we are in an era where everything that they talked about, about like, you know, re-capitalism and expansion and the rhizome has occurred. And I think all you can see is how that's the handmaiden of fascism. And I, and I don't, and, and why is it, why is it? Because is it, because is it, is it this, I have my, here's my question. Yeah, sure. Is it, it's self-fascistic uh-huh. or, does this rhizomatization mm-hmm. or horizontalization of the, say, like the flipped classroom, right? <laughs> that, which is, I mean, we're part of that too, right? Sure, like sure. That's part of it. Yeah. Or 
the like the tech company where everything is organized in a rhizomatic way. You know, you don't you don't have to necessarily come into work. You mm-hmm. don't you, if you can challenge your boss on this yeah. thing, all the better. If you have the better idea, then you go with that, right? Like it's all and and there's all these little networks. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to report to this one boss. You can go. Yeah. Everything's working in all these different ways. Okay, so is the point that yeah, that's even that's fascistic, or is mm-hmm. it that this turn to the rhizome actually creates this fascistic, the space in which a fascistic response mm-hmm. evidently emerges? Like that, I, I mean, that's my question. Like, which is it? Would you yeah. Because clearly one of them is, like, we're in a real fascist moment yes. around the world. Like, yes. I would say it's close to half the world, no, probably more, half, more than half the world's population is under a quasi-fascist rule, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, so, look, China sort of, Russia for sure, mm-hmm. the U.S. for probably, yeah. <laughs> Brazil probably, India. Like that's already, that's quite a bit of the world's population, mm-hmm. right? So, so I, 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 that's my question. What do you think? So, okay, so I'll tell you this. I think that they're um, tying, the, they're tying the the they tie fa- the fascism entirely to the the father, into a a actually a a singular figure. Where right. I th- I mean I mean because they, they even write about Hitler and in in the book and 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 what what he he aroused fascist I mean like this is I, I mean I think this is I mean it gets to a very good question of theirs and this is something that I think I agree with the the question and I don't I don't agree with their answer or what they do but just like why do people desire their own oppression is a big question operating question for this right, book right, right. now I don't want to now so we can go get to that maybe this is the next thing but I want to I want to pay uh, fidelity to your question I think that what we're seeing is that I think they felt I mean this thing that we talk about all the time where like um, even though they are aware that people desire their own oppression I think that because they have they're oh to speak uh, to speak like a uh, Guattari because they have this hard on against uh, the the analytic situation that they only see the the figure of the analyst as enabling people's uh, op- oppressing themselves through fascism. So if we can get rid of the figurehead of, of fascism, then people will stop oppressing themselves. And and I right. think that they've they've fallen into a little bit of like what happened in in Nazi German, Germany was like Hitler was this uniquely charming figure and he was the the right man at the right moment and and he enabled all like all these things and and, and sexually aroused I think is the line the fascist right like that so um, right right and I just think that it it, it that makes you miss. The, that fascism, I, I think, is the rhizome. I think the rhizome is fascism. And I think people see that, like, I mean, you know, I, I see it all the time on social media. People are like, look, even, like, if we vote Trump out, we have we still have a big problem. Like, and, and I, because I think people see how the, the, uh, fascism is ho- horizontally uh, o- oriented. Like, they see that it isn't just Trump and Mitch McConnell. It's like, do you see what they've done to the courts? You know, like, do you, do you see, like, do you see? Yeah, but even that is wrong, right? Like, even that is wrong because it doesn't see the way in which the the people are really responsible sure. for the fascist turn. And I think that's, I think you're really, 
You know, I think I would have said the opposite. I think <laughs> I would have said that the 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 rhizomatic structure mm-hmm. ends up creating this gap in which people yearn for this master to put a stop hmm. to that constant decoding and deterritorialization. Mm-hmm. But I see your point that there's a way in which that itself has this structure to it that's it what is it doing? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's you know what it is? It's like they think someone said this to me once and I thought it was such a great point that the problem that what Orwell misses mm-hmm is that the problem isn't big brother, it's little brother. Mm. And I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? It's like all these little brothers out there who are the problem and the big brother figure of Bolsonaro or Trump or Modi, like they're just just really a figure of all those little brothers. Mm. And I think that's why that figure is dangerous because of the connection to all the people. And I think, you know, they don't, I think they really want to, they say desire is never deceived, mm-hmm. right? And, and interest is deceived, desire is never deceived. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's, I think that's really not right. Yeah. And, and I think that our ability to enjoy things that are incredibly oppressive, not just for us, but obviously for other people, mm-hmm. is, is it's like much easier to enjoy that than to enjoy emancipation, right? And that, I think that's really the fundamental problem for the left, is that the way in which so much more enjoyment is on the side of the right. Mm. And, and, and it's a kind of a, you know, it's like a guilt free enjoyment because you get to do all these things. You get to go, you know, you get to both, you know, I, and this is where I think fascism really has the advantage is because you get to both obey Mm. and transgress the expert at the same time. I mean, that's the thing. Like imagine if you're a Trump supporter, look, look, I'm obeying I'm doing what the leader says, and yet I'm totally transgressing mm-hmm. the law laid down by, you know, Fauci, whoever these well, medical that's the, experts. Okay, are. so that's this is a little bit to me why the the, the impetus in in some of the for in, in anti Oedipus it is a little bit like conservatives just making up in America that they are under the thumb of this like liberal socialist. <laughs> like like dystopia so and we have to take it back where is that when where did that happen when can i move there in this because that, that's that's what like that would be right, great right, right, and but right, they've right, they've right. made it up and then they get to 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 throw it off and then that has the double move of compromising what actually the left can do like th- so they think they could just they could just do actually the like they could just actually deliver on the 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 socialist hellscape that the conservatives imagine and then you know we we see what happens uh like like people like even people don't want to even give up uh obamacare you know what i mean like 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 even the people who who, who say who say that they do they don't they don't want to give that up but but i mean i think your point is really good and i was going to use this example for something a couple minutes ago but it, it continues to be relevant is that like the um where the Deleuze and Guattari and, and where the, like, like thinking the, thinking the, the, the singular as, 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 or thinking the, the analyst or the, the leader as, as being that which enables the, like the self, um, uh, oppression or like the fascism of the self, like right now, like, I don't know about right now because, because Nazis must go home at some point, I imagine, but there is still, um, anti-mask protests in Huntington beach, not that far from me. And like, it's sort of this thing when Trump went into the hospital, 
because of of COVID, there, you know, just like the um, the again, the supposed liberal media was like, oh, how do Trump supporters deal with this? Like he clearly fell victim to like not wearing a mask and not taking it seriously. How can you know how they're going to deal with it? They're going to castigate people who on the Internet say that Trump deserved it. And then they're going to also protest. That they shouldn't have to wear a mask. That's how they're going to handle it. Like like it's it's because it's exactly that thing that you that you said, which is that this like what they are obeying is that is that people are um being being rude and and disrespectful to their dear leader and also they're going to fight for their personal private freedom or 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 whatever it is and it's just that's it, it i think that that misses like what people thought was well the leader has gone down surely that will do something to the subjects right that's what that, that right. that's what the supposition was like a couple days ago, right. and it hasn't done that at all because I I mean I think this this is my claim is that that this fascistic feeling that why why do people desire their own oppression well it's 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 it's, it's rhizomatic in nature it is horizontal yeah it is not it is not vertical if the because le- if it was vertical when the leader went down there would be some sort of awakening some well, sort, that's an interesting some sort of difference right. yeah. Right. Like our situation nicely counteracts that or, or provides a counter argument. I, I, OK, let's let's I think that's pretty good. Let's let's move on to our last. Oh, well, two we, because well, I think these, well, I think we should go into the question, though, of why, like, like, why do people desire their own oppression? I mean, like you kind of. OK, you kind I of think we can tie it. This. <laughs> I, I <did. laughs> Yeah, but OK, whatever. Um, that's true. But but let's think about I want to think about this in terms of this relationship between deterritorialization okay. and reterritorialization sure. because I think so for them I think their idea is that people flock to the security so re so I think mm-hmm. deterritorialization for them just means I think it's about place right like mm-hmm. you're not when that occurs it like it, it's something that uproots you from a place mm-hmm. and reterritorialization reasserts the priority of place mm-hmm. for you. And I think for them, there's a kind, they don't put it this way, but I think there's a kind of lack of courage mm-hmm. in the face of this deterritorializing move, mm-hmm. this move of like, you're constantly, you're just, and you know, for, for Michael Hart and Antonio Negri, mm-hmm. who have based a whole political philosophy yeah. on basically on this, yeah. this idea, right? Like it's the nomad who is the figure is the radical figure, mm-hmm. right? Like they're the, or the refugee mm-hmm. because they're, they're not, they're no longer tied to a place. And I think, so I think for them, that's the explanation that we, can we, I just, we, can I just, we're in love with place. Yeah. Go ahead. I, just a very, like just here. I, I don't think this is petty. I think that this is, again, this is like, this is another coaching result and not, and not process. And it's also, it is the kind I've said this before on this, on this podcast. Um, and I've said this about, you know, like psychoanalytic thinkers and, 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 and Lacan and, you know, and, and Zizek and other, other people that I, what I do not, I do not, uh, like when the theoretical idea, um, give like when you put, the theoretical idea in a rugged materiality, it really falls apart. Some like, please, Michael Hart, Antonio Negri, please make the argument that the refugee is, is, is really free. 
Like, like the actual refugee, not the idea of the refugee that you're talking about. Please make that argument for me. Please, Deleuze, I know he's dead. Please tell me that the person who is homeless is really, really free. And it's the, the any place, wherever. Please, please like, like, get into the rugged materiality of that and make that argument for me. Like, I, I, have, a, I have a huge problem with that. Like, I, like it, it's the idea, the idea should, the idea should work all the way through. And if it doesn't, okay, you okay, have a, okay, you have a problem. Okay. Like, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't disagree yeah. with that, but I want to understand mm-hmm. what theoretically is wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if you understand that, so theoretically, like, is it, do we discover why people act against their own interests in this embrace of the re-territorializing? Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? Maybe that seems probably right but but i think i guess for me the problem with the concept of deterritorializing mm-hmm. is their understanding and i think this is also the problem with their notion of reterritorializing their understanding of our relationship to a home mm-hmm. right like so their idea is that we're we're always homeless like yeah. we're transcendentally homeless i think they would even maybe mm-hmm. if they would allow me the transcendental i think they maybe would cuz cuz deleuze calls himself a transcendental empiricist mm-hmm. so maybe some kind of transcendental homelessness okay so there's that so so i guess what i would say is that that's a way of missing the way in which we're for me transcendentally alienated from our home mm-hmm. always you know so i think that i think that is the crucial difference that that there is no such thing for me as re-territorialization because you never get to this feeling of of being at home uh, yes. and to me yeah. that's the answer to why people desire their own oppression because mm-hmm. they're looking for ways to experience this alienation without having to confront it as alienation, right? Like yeah. they're they're looking for ways to sacrifice themselves without having to confront the fact that they're sacrificing themselves. So I guess I guess that that this way in which they reject some kind of fundamental alienation and turn that into deterritorialization, I think that's a crucial point where I would I again it's one of these like disjunctive points, right? Where I think you have to come down on one side or the other. Like, is there always an alienation from place mm-hmm. or is there this deterritorialization and removal? And, and so like placelessness. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, I mean, that, that gets in. So there are times where there are times where I think that the, the solution to the problem they've identified is actually like consistent with like psychoanalysis itself I'm, I'm trying to look for I, I had a note but i'll just go with the one that um just with just with this that like um how is it that like i mean they would they would have of course known this line that the ego is not master in its own house right okay obviously so that means okay the uncanny like the the like the it's the unheimlich it's the home why is home in there why does home feel like we 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 we, you know, associated with all these like good feelings, but why is like this idea of the uncanny, this disqu- this disquieting recurrence of the familiar? Why is it that when home we are reminded of home, we have this again, this disquiet? Like, why is that? And the answer in psychoanalysis is that you're never home, especially when you're home. And right. and and right. and I and so I, I do. So so I guess I I um. I guess it's it's. I just think it's this like it, it, to me. It ends up being this uh, aspirational project of like 
completely leaving one's body and completely leaving one's consciousness and plane of existence, which is, I guess, also against their idea as well because they believe in a university of being. Like, I think some of these things are only, and I mean, they do talk about like drugs, right? Like taking like, right, right, like, right, like, right. like psychotropic drugs or whatever, like to, to, yeah. to, to reach the, and, and so I, I think as, as a, like to reach another plane, which again, that contradicts with the university of being like, so if the idea right. is to, to transcend, which also contradicts that, like, because we're, there are no gaps, right. in this university of being, um, to, to reach like new heights, like I can understand that. I can kind of get I can kind of get with that. If the if the idea is also that like, you know, you're you're never you're never at home. Like everyone is everyone is fundamentally homeless. Ah, uh-huh. Okay. I can like I I can I can do that. And and also like don't romanticize the figure of like the the, the and again, they only do it in like in the idea and not the literal and and that's where I I feel like there's a there's a disjunction there, but like, we don't, right. like, we don't romanticize that, that idea because like, we're all, we're all like, you know, to use the homie Baba term, right. We're all unhomed. So how do we find something that is beyond it? Well, we, we're not, we're not looking for home. We're looking for something else. And the way to do that is through, uh, I don't know, peyote, right. Is like, is, is something, but I, I also, I just don't think it's very consistent because how, like, Again, I gave you that that thing about desire. Is that like 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 if they want to, they want to demolish. Is this is this is they say that desire is not antisocial, or 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 or, or asocial. Right. It, right. it has this power right. to 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 like they they, they want. The, it explodes the social. Right. Exactly. Well, so is that what is that the idea? Is that the end thing? Then is that there is no I think social? So. There's no, no, no social I think at that's all. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Some kind of like explosion of constraint okay. is finally their idea. And I think it, because so to, to kind of wrap a bow on things, because I want to turn to this final opposition that we wanted to get to between the molar and the molecular, oh, yeah. right? And so they're totally on the side of the small, right? Mm-hmm. The molecular. Yeah. And I think they're largely responsible for this whole local vor movement, right? Uh-huh. Or this whole buy local, act local, all this kind of crap. Uh-huh. Like I think Which, they're really by the in- way, America first it's this, you know, by American, like that. It's by local, right? No, it's like the, it's just, there's the fascistic thing. It's just tied right, right into it. Like no, I, yeah. I agree, I agree, yeah. I agree. I, I'm totally. I think the local, local thing is totally fascistic, right? So, and it also, it's interesting how that notion of the molecular doesn't like, and and the local, the localism that's born. Like, there's a real, I think, prob- contradiction almost mm-hmm. because. There is this desire to always get outside and go far away, mm-hmm. and then the focus on the molecular, which is, which is proximate. So I think that's I don't, I'm not sure how I square that, but I do think that this that this is a big thing, that, and I think it's against the subject, mm-hmm. right? Like if you think of the molecular, you also are thinking of the multiple instead of the one mm-hmm. and the subject. So mm-hmm. that's part of I think that's all part of the same thing, but I think you can also think of revolution or revolt in a much more, and I think they like this, a much more disparate Mm -hmm. and like little small revolts are actually elevated to to up to the French Revolution, right? Like just the way, because they occur on this molecular level. So Mm -hmm. when, when I don't, whatever, when I, when I, my parents tell me to stay in and I sneak out the window, I mean, I think they would say, look, that's a little molecular 
revolt. I mean, I really think they would like that a lot. Like they would think there was something really radical in that mm -hmm. act of sneaking out. And again, this is because they don't see the way in which the rhizome can be fascistic yeah. and that I was really obeying the the popular clique at school because they always tell you to sneak out of your parent. You know, well, like I'll there's give, all well, these the, ways Todd, in which I'll, they miss the obedience. Yeah, so. I mean, I'll give I'll give an, uh, just another example. Like, I mean, that sounds an awful lot like the per, the uh, the personal is political, right? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, d d who who gets to say that? Is it like is it the 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 is it the person who you know has a uh, uh, at the at the hands of an, an like an old hierarchy that that's upholding like you know uh, I don't know let's just say like 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 just normative ideas across like uh, the gender race um, like whether one has like 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 with ability as in like you know disability or not like okay like across the spec like one has suffered um, like oppression under that and so that their this is their personal stake into making political change okay so is that right that person gets that but the personal political i in, in that in that the these nazis i was just talking about do, doing the anti-mass protest in in huntington beach like I, I don't like again because it's not because it's very very un untheorized like like and 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 like how is that not the same thing, you know, like, like, like that's, you can't, you're, you, the, all these, all these fat fascistic Trump supporters, the personal is political for them. So it's like, yeah, I just, I just see that as a, I don't know. Like, well, I, right. like don't, don't, yeah, I just no. think that I, I think that like consistently, um, there is the, the right problem perhaps is being identified even even within psychoanalysis, and then the the solution is to turn as far inward as possible, and to to um, become to become a social unto yourself. And I man, do I just think that's like new age hippie garbage. And yeah, and, except don't they? Isn't it all about opening oneself to the social? Like opening. <laughs> so then that's a total contradiction with the because whole thing because then, like right? the whole thing about like better what's their line like better a schizo out for a walk than a neurotic on the couch right like it's about like going out into the world like breaking out i think that's what they love about schizophrenia mm -hmm. is that it's this breaking out of oneself and even about out of the idea of a self and and they associate psychoanalysis with reinforcing the ego which i think is just completely wrong yeah. although of course there are certain branches of it that do that right yeah ego psychology in America especially of yeah. right less in france which is interesting yeah. but whatever um but it's still guilty of that um but but so that's what, and so they see this, I think they see this breaking out, but what's interesting is they identify the breaking out with the molecular. Mm -hmm. So there's a way in which going down to the lower level is also the key to going out. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, that would be interesting to think through, but I don't know that they kind of fully lay out what why that is. Mm -hmm. Like why going down to the molecular means, I think it's because you're no longer thinking of yourself in terms of a one. And once you don't think of yourself in terms of a one, you're necessarily more open to the outside. Mm -hmm. I think that's their idea, right? Okay. But, but I think, yeah, I think that's the idea. But I guess what's missed is, what's missed is the way in which you're 
in contradiction with yourself, yeah. right? Like th- there's no philosophy. Yeah. In fact, again, as I say, it's a philosophy allergic to contradiction. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sense of a contradiction or, and this is, I think, Freud's maybe great idea, it's an articulated in Future of an Illusion, that there's an antagonism and civilization's discontents, an antagonism between the individual and the society. If mm-hmm. you're just a whole molecular structure, a multiplicity, then that antagonism will never will never be able to be evident, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, I guess to me, that's the, that's where the rubber hits the road, that, that, that finally the individual is no longer an individual and is just a multiplicity and thus can, can, can find, can actually be at home in the social order. And even though there is this allergy to home in their thinking, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. Same, like just similar to this, this last point that you made about like, uh, Freud's notion of like, like they, they, they totally see like, like, yes, there is, um, there is a, a oppression of, from the social on the individual. Like we're not disputing that. Like, I, I don't think like that, that's not a thing to, um, that that's worth disputing. But I, I think that the, the outsized influence that they give psychoanalysis for endorsing, supporting and propagating that kind of, uh, social right. oppression, right. I, I think is really hard to justify. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's very hard for, I th- I'm trying, what I'm trying to do, and, and I know that you're, you're trying to do the same thing is I'm trying to make these, I'm trying to make the ideas, I'm trying to make the ideas consonant, right? And, and starting from, right, right. from anti-Edifice because it kicks like kind of the whole, the whole thing off. And I understand the, I understand the, 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 the rejection of the of the, of the Oedipal situation as like bringing everything back to that you know we right. we've even talked about that our, our, ourselves um, and I I understand also wanting to move to a different kind of territory a word they might like uh, than than analysis has by um, you know thinking the subject in terms of a multiplicity rather than in terms of a, like, again, a two, a, a triad or like in the quadratic. Um, but it, it is definitely like, it, it is a, I think it's a, it's a problem. And then, okay. I understand how the, like thinking the subject in terms of multiple, uh, is consonant with thinking capitalism and capitalist production and the body as a desiring machine and desiring production. I can make all of that work. I don't see how that adds up to an anti-fascist project. I think that that's like been something in the last like half hour, 40 minutes that we've been like hitting pretty hard. Right. And like, right. like I think right. that's been, I think that's very, very wrong. Um, and I, so, and I don't see the, the rhizome as a, as a, as a model, which push pushes back against fascism. I think it, it is, I think it is the model uh, for it. Right. Certainly for, for the, 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 capitalist fascism that like you know that you just laid out that, that much of the world is is uh is living under now so like i'm trying to m- make all that work and i also don't know how if the project is to use desire as this thing that explodes society then again carrying that to the end like if they also locate fascism 
with like the individual leader who is like activating the the like the oppression within within everybody. I don't see how their end result of their project makes fascism less likely. It would seem Yeah, I don't either. It would seem to make it more likely because everyone is 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 now disconnected and like and 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 I don't know. Maybe the claim would just be like if 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 everyone's if everyone's disconnected and how, how is it not how is it not if everyone just practiced their own personal freedom everything's totally okay like how well I think yeah. right 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 isn't there a kind I mean I was suggesting this earlier yeah. there's a sort of Randian yeah and Randian kind of subtext in there I think that that I, yeah. they would be really pissed at that connection but I I, I really feel that that's True. I mean, I guess their way out of it would be that Rand would not accept this move to the molecular. Yeah. That she would say, because her whole idea is like A equals A, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no contradiction. There's no actual contradiction in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think that, you should be a capitalist apologist like yeah. she is. Yeah. Um, but I think they think that too, yeah. right? And I think so for them, A equals that. But I don't know that they think A equals A. Mm-hmm. I think that they think everything is multiple. So so nothing is just identical right, with itself. Right, right. There is really no identity at all. And I think that, hmm. I think that's what they would say. That's why they're not just apologists for, for the kind of capitalism we're living under today. Mm. That, that, and that comes to, I think, their championing of, of incessant becoming, mm-hmm. right? Like everything is becoming. Mm-hmm. Then I think, I'm not sure how you write a book. <laughs> Right. Like, 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 aren't you stopping? Aren't you believing that you can stop the becoming Mm. when you write the book? Right. Like you you just do. Yeah. Right. Like you didn't. I don't know. I just feel like like even Heraclitus said, you know, that he's famous for this. You never step in the same river twice. But he actually also says you both do and don't step in the same river Mm. twice. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the Hegelian twist on universal becoming, that there is universal becoming, but there also is being within that becoming, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the, that's the, ro- why there is contradiction, right? So, yeah. which is what they don't think. Right, so right. I think that, that again, if we, I think, I guess if I had to narrow it down, it's like multiplicity versus contradiction or mm-hmm. affirmation versus negativity. Like those, that seems to me to be the real, yeah. uh, I- like the rub. And I, all, and I also think um, activity versus, or interactivity versus interpassivity, I think is a, is a, is yeah, a yeah, big yeah. thing as yeah. well. I think that yeah. like, yeah. I, yeah, I mean like, you know, just going back several episodes, like the, the, the inability to see um, like theoretical work being done, like work being done in passivity, I, I think is a, is a, is a problem. I, I, and I, and I also think um, like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I just think that there is a um, when there is. I guess I put it this way: when when act when action is fetishized, I also don't. I don't see how that's any different from the gets things done thing that we've right. talked about on right. this podcast before. Like, like I don't. There, there is a difference between between thinking action and thinking the act. I would say. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I, and I, 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 yeah. I think about Goebbels and, you know, at least we're interesting. 
couldn't couldn't Deleuze and Guattari that's kind of that's really funny um (laughs) that we said no pot shots that was pretty close that was that was that I know I went below the belt belt on that one yeah no but I'm gonna I'm gonna go no I was just gonna say like I I think that like I think that the act and I mean it brings it back to you know psychoanalytic language too is that like and and this is the um the, the problem I think for well, the, the, you brought this up with Badu earlier, like that uh, an idea of, of imminence and a university of being like it needs to be able to think the gap. It needs to be able to think the rupture. Right. It needs to, you know, the um, it needs to I, 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 I am on the, if you're if you're philosophy, I guess I, I'd say this way, like like what's what's something what's something Ryan Engley holds really dear philosophically is that like one has to think that there is action in a sejura. And if you do not think that and that like there is only action when you can see action, then I, 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 th- I think we end up talking at, at, at different purposes. All right. So, yeah, I like that idea. And let's um, mm-hmm. I guess the lesson has to be read anti-Oedipus, but read anti-Oedipus with a critical eye. right? Yeah, I think so. I, definitely. And and uh, it, because, again, I think that it asks a lot of important questions i would even go so far as to say good questions and i mean and again like like i don't i don't i don't i don't want to have come off like really really negative i think that it's 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 really really valuable to think this through like even if in the end you do not agree i think it is incredibly valuable to 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 push to push the ideas through and i think again like where where we're a little copacetic or at least sympathetic with with some of the project here is taking a look at like um the oedipus complex and not giving it complete explanatory power i think that that and which again they don't allow for that possibility they just think that psychoanalysis is going to do that no matter what and so we need to reject it for that reason so that ends up being a bit of a problem but i think that's i think that's pretty good i think that you know you know, we, we like the way that they, um, you, you thought that they read Marx and capitalism like pro- yeah. properly. Um, yeah. and the question of like, why, you know, why does desire want, why, why do we desire our own oppression is, you know, a little bit similar at Todd McGowan to the, what is the, the psychic appeal of capitalism, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who would write who about would that? Write about that? Yeah, yeah, no. And, and yeah. so they're yeah. absolutely like really, really, like interesting and intriguing questions being uh, being asked here, but to think through, one has to, uh, you know, one has to, to to pick a side, and 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 it can't be, it can't, and not everything can can work together. And I, I think that like you know there are things like you know being on the side of the molecular, being on the side of the the, the multiple, um, and being on the side of like uh, of becoming in the way that they they talk about it. Like it, it's a real position, it's a real philosophical right, position right. that that's right that. that um, forecloses uh, um, other other ideas, and and I think it's 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 important to see why that is and why it works. And I think that's what we we try to uh, you know walk walk through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Over and out. Right? <laughs> Over and out. Touch. <laughs>